0: In many ways, technology and being online have brought us incredible freedom, which has given people power that previously didn't have power or standing in society. We have held people accountable for misconduct, mistreatment, and hatred because technology has allowed us to record and provide evidence of the misbehavior, which has empowered minorities, the marginalized, and abused people. Uh, On the flip side of that, if you've been to any event with kids, pre-COVID and likely post-COVID, you know that everyone and their mom like literally their mom has a cell phone recording what their kid is doing usually with no regard for the people around them and then there are the iPad parents and grandparents who block everyone's view because they have the freedom to record not just on a phone but with a huge tablet at the heart of our struggle with technology and maybe our problems as a country is that the same freedom that can empower and benefit people can also devalue and hurt people that all freedom brings benefits as well as responsibility and how we use freedom determines whether it empowers others or enslaves them. And if we just see freedom as something to benefit us and don't feel a responsibility to use our freedom to benefit others, then the concept of freedom can actually trap us in a selfish spiral that can ultimately lead us to a lack of freedom. And while we probably differ on exactly how freedom should be used, There are some things that we can probably all agree on when it comes to freedom. Uh, Number one, freedom is worth pursuing. This is why our church participates in several initiatives addressing human trafficking. This is also why we want to help anyone dealing with any addiction. That being free is so significant that we believe freedom is worth pursuing. Uh, Number two, freedom can be misused. Now this could be where we start to sort of disagree because misuse can be a bit subjective. How someone uses their social media account for a cause, can be interpreted differently. However, generally speaking, we can point to some ways that freedom should not be used, with murder being one of the obvious ways freedom should not be used, which leads us to agreement number three. Freedom should not be used to hurt others. Now, generally speaking, this is something that more modern generations have held up as sort of a litmus test of whether freedom is being used in a helpful or not helpful way. But what do we do when we disagree about how freedom should be used? What do we do about the gray areas? When one side says using freedom in this way may help you or another group of people, but the other side says using freedom in that way, while it may help you or another group, it will actually hurt another group of people. Or maybe more specific to the internet, what do I do when using my freedom seems to only impact me, but it sort of indirectly hurts another person or a group of people? Now, Now, you might push back on this next idea, and it might seem counterintuitive, but let me explain it. Freedom without limits is not freeing. That usually we describe those limits as sort of responsibilities, that you've experienced this tension of freedom and responsibilities in your life, I bet. Uh, Students, did you ever have your phone taken away because you weren't using your freedom within the limits or responsibilities your parents established, right? Does that sound familiar? Uh, For the rest of us, uh, do you remember uh, the first time that you got into a car by yourself? Like the speedometer goes how high? Uh, Do you remember going off to college and realizing that your parents couldn't force you to do your homework, practice piano, or or really anything? However freedom without limits is not freeing. If you use your freedom with no limits, you can end up losing your phone, uh, dying in a horrible auto accident, or getting kicked out of college because you didn't do your homework. Freedom must be coupled with limits. That freedom without limits actually undermines freedom. And this is one of the reasons that we have laws as a nation, which sort of defines the limits to our freedom. However, if we only aspire to follow the law, there are going to be several things that happen. Number one, the law represents the minimum requirement, like how low can I go? How fast can I drive without getting a ticket? Where's the line? Where's the limit? How far can I go without being imprisoned? Number two, the law doesn't inspire greatness, excellence or virtue that traffic laws are great, but traffic laws do not make better drivers. Tax laws cannot make you generous. Civil laws cannot make you civil. Freedom of speech won't make you kind. Privacy laws and online content standards cannot make you respect people online. Uh, Neighborhood association rules do not make you a good neighbor. DUI laws do not inspire you to sobriety. Assault and battery laws won't make you a good husband, and a marriage license won't make you a good wife. There is no law that it will inspire you to marital faithfulness, fidelity, and intimacy. That if we leave our freedom to to be limited only by laws, this will be a recipe for us to be as selfish as we legally can be. And in this system, freedom becomes nothing more than an exercise of power. And in the end, if it's legal, it's moral. Uh, Law informs conscience instead of conscience informing law. Uh, The rich rule the poor, women are a commodity, children are victims, and everybody looks for a loophole. Isn't that great to hear? Like you're dismissed, happy Mother's Day, have a great week. Like, that doesn't sound very hopeful, does it? We have hope not because of laws or even because we have freedom. We have hope as Jesus followers because Jesus paved a different way for us to use freedom. And the great news for all of us is that this problem is not something that a political side can legislate or not legislate with laws, in spite of which political party you might associate with. If we will do what we're going to talk about today, it has the potential to drastically improve your online experience. And it isn't dependent on others. It's actually dependent on us. Jesus came and demonstrated a new way to view freedom that really helps people of all walks and can bring peace personally and in our relationships. Uh, also, a guy who eventually started following Jesus named Paul, he wrote about the challenges of, view, of, of differing views of freedom that we're all going to see really applies online, but it also applies in person. Uh, Paul basically says that for Jesus followers, we have been given much from God, including our freedom. But everything that we've been given is only for us to manage. And so he tells us how we should manage our freedom. If you aren't a Jesus follower, you obviously don't have to do what Paul talks about, but you can definitely jump in and try. But if you are a Jesus follower, this is what we are called to do. We're gonna start off in Galatians chapter five, if you wanna follow along in the Bible app. Uh, If you don't have the Bible app, you can head to Bible.com slash app. Once you're in the app, head to the more menu option in the bottom right corner, select events, and you can find our church. We'll also have the notes and verses on the screen as well. Galatians chapter 5, beginning verse 13. For you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. That you are called to live in freedom. Now remember, when Paul talks about this, He's talking to the church in the Roman Empire. He's not saying anything about American freedom directly. He is referencing the sort of general freedom people can have when they follow Jesus. Uh, Specifically, freedom from the Jewish laws. And then he comes to the command. Don't use your freedom that you've been given to manage. Don't use that freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Because 2,000 years before us, he knows me and he knows you. He He knows what you're up to. He knows that when you get behind a keyboard or get behind a screen, that you are tempted to use technology to satisfy your sinful nature through selfishness or maybe just being mean. That you're tempted to go as low as you're allowed to go. That when nobody's looking, you do the kind of things that many people do when nobody's looking. That our natural tendency is to abuse our freedom and consume it on ourselves. And Paul says, but wait, you're Jesus followers. You're not supposed to leverage your freedom only for, the personal benefit, for your personal benefit to the neglect of what God has called you to do, you're supposed to do something different. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Now think about every time you receive something for free, what is common to those experiences? Someone served you. If you think about the freedoms in America, you have troops and parents and family and workers. Uh, When you get free food, someone prepared and served the food to you. Can you imagine if just the Christians for one day use their freedom to serve others in love. Can you imagine how different our country would be? And then he takes us to one of the most common phrases in all the Bible. Uh, it, it was first stated in the Old Testament, and then Jesus came along and re-emphasized it. And then Paul said this, at the is basically at the epicenter of the behavior for Jesus' followers. Verse 14, For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. That when you get up in the morning and you think about how free you are, that you can say whatever you want online, you can you can do what you want online, you can use your money however you want. That basically, I'm free. That I'm going to leverage my freedom to love my neighbor as myself. That you are to leverage your freedom for the sake of the freedom of those around you. You're to leverage your freedom to love your neighbors as yourself. Now, the next verse is really almost as if Paul sort of looking into our future and speaks directly to the American church. That basically, if you don't get this right, he says... Let me tell you what it's going to look like moving forward. If you decide to leverage your freedom online for only you, if you forget that you are part of a community, if you forget to leverage your freedom for the sake of everybody else, if you forget to love your neighbor as your Heavenly Father through Jesus has loved you, here is what life is going to look like when it comes, when it really becomes all about your freedom. Verse 15, But if you are are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. They're basically like, this is my page, and so I have the freedom to say what I want. Well, I'm sorry that hurts you, but I actually have the right to do that. If you decide that this whole thing is going to devolve into freedom only, that every man for himself, every woman for herself, every family for themselves, every community for themselves, you will become like dogs biting and devouring one another. That you will be destroyed by one another. The devouring other people in our quest to be free is a sign of immaturity, and it really leads to destruction. However, limiting our own freedom for the sake of other people is a sign of maturity. And Paul would also go on to describe it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22. To the weak, I became weak. To win the weak. There was a purpose of becoming weak. To win the weak. To the weak, I, I limited my own freedom, Paul would say. I became weak to help win them over. And Paul made his mission in life so clear. To win others for Jesus. Or as another translation says, To bring them to Jesus. Now you might ask, like, why did he do that? Paul didn't want other people to live without a relationship with Jesus. That there was a higher priority than being strong or having power or exercising his freedom. That following Jesus gave Paul, and really gives many of us online right now, a sense of purpose, hope, and an opportunity to to be a light pointing people to Jesus. That whether you choose to accept it or not, he's done the same thing for you. So would you be willing to do the same thing that Paul did? Would you be willing to limit your own freedom to to not just say whatever it is that you want to say? Would you do do that for the sake of winning others to Jesus, to sort of bring them to Jesus? Verse 22 again. To the weak I became weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. Now when he says all possible means, uh, maybe that means technology and social media, because this is actually a great time to be alive. That social media and the internet... Have given us this huge opportunity and a massive amount of power to get the message of Jesus to people and places in the world that we would never be able to physically get to. Uh, for instance, last year, our church website was viewed in 99 different countries or kingdoms. And Paul is saying, would you be willing to live a different way? Would you be willing to set aside some of your freedom? Would you be willing to commit to a different set of standards so that you might win others for Jesus? Verse 23, I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I might share in its blessings. And the gospel is simply the good news that Jesus uh, really loved you and he loved me enough that he sacrificed himself on the cross. And the gospel is the good news that he didn't stay dead, but came back to life. And Paul says, I limit my own freedom for the sake of that good news so that I can share in its blessings. And one of the blessings of the gospel is the fact that we get this extra sense of connection with other people. Like, have you ever been somewhere away from your home and you bump into a Jesus follower and all of a sudden you sense this connection with them? Now, the Human Genome Project lets us know uh, something really powerful about being human is we have 99.9% connection with every person around us, but we can have an even greater connection than that by being a brother or sister following the same Savior. And Paul says, I'm willing to limit my own freedom. So that other people might experience the same salvation and the same connection with Jesus that I have experienced. That same connection or or sort of family following Jesus together. So commitment number five, I will limit my own freedom to bring others to Jesus. So how do we actually limit our freedom to bring others to Jesus? Like how do we actually do that? Uh, One of the things that that question has sort of caused me to do is to look back through my own online activity and social media posts. If someone were to look at that, would they see Jesus or just me and my freedom? If you're going to put Jesus follower in your social media bio, would someone looking at your tweets, your posts, your snaps, your live videos say, oh yeah, that is Jesus. Or would the words or the comments that you said, the tone that others experienced, the articles or the information you shared, would it just show your freedom? And something that I think would be helpful for all of us is to have a filter for all of our online activity, including social media, text messages, and the rabbit trails that we go down with our browser history. So here are three questions that hopefully will help us filter and think through what we do online. Number one, what is my motive for doing this? Like what is behind this? Why am I wanting to post this? Now this might be the question that I ask about other people the most, but I should also ask it about myself. And as Jesus explained, Our hearts are so connected to the words that we use, that we have to dig a little bit deeper before we hit send or post. Is this just to make me feel better? Is this just because they have the freedom to do so? Am I just wanting to get something off my chest? Is this just about making me look better so that other people will follow me? And at the very least, just be honest with yourself. What is your motive for posting this? Number two, how will this impact others? That Jesus' life was all about impacting and loving others through limiting his own freedom by coming to earth to save us. And we read about how Paul impacted others by limiting his freedom by becoming weak to bring others to Jesus. And ultimately, we have to decide if our online activity is going to build someone up and give life. And if not, maybe we should just sort of put the phone down and close our browser tab. Number three, would I be willing to say this to their face? Because one of the biggest dangers about relationships online is that the repercussions are felt so differently than in in person. That the social cues are just so different online. That when most of us were learning social skills and relationships as kids, uh, many of us tried saying things, including maybe saying things we weren't exactly sure what they meant, and then we would watch the other person, and we sort of learned how that made the other person feel. Oh, that doesn't seem to make him feel very good. Oh, Oh, that doesn't look like she was very happy about that. Oh, oh, that was probably not a great way to treat someone, right? We kind of learn those things. However, when we are online, posting something about someone else or writing something to someone else, we don't have active social cues. Uh, We just sort of sit back and say, oh, that felt good to get off my chest. So number three, would I be willing to say this to their face? Now, some of you are saying, yeah, I would say it. Well, maybe you shouldn't. And maybe that is how you need to limit your own freedom to bring someone to Jesus. So as we wrap up this series, would you choose to make the commitments that we've discussed to help guide you in your online relationships? Uh, I will treat every person as someone Jesus died for because they are, and he did. I will do all I can do to keep peace with all people. I will treat you with respect whether I'm with you or not. I will only allow the one who made me, owns me, and bought me to label me. I I will limit my own freedom to bring others to Jesus. Can you imagine, just for a moment, a digital and a physical world where these were the guiding principles for our relationships? Like, can you imagine the way that this would change your family and your interactions with social media friends and followers? That these commitments have the potential to change our relationships. And even if they don't, these commitments have the potential to change you and to change me. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Jesus and his example. Thank you for his teaching. Thank you for the scriptures that really sort of transcend time and all these kind of contexts that we are living in. And even though there was not uh, social media and there wasn't the Internet back in Jesus' time, the things that he taught and and the scriptures really sort of speak to some of the, the, the core issues and the heart of the issue for our relationships online and for how we interact online. So God, would you help us to think through each of these commitments? Would you help us to be willing to make these commitments? Would you help us to think through if if we really are treating people with respect, whether we're with them or not? If we're willing to love other people, if we're taking on labels in our identity from other people online rather than from you? And God, would you also help us to examine whether whether we really could limit our freedom so that we could help bring other people to you? God, we see that you did that through Jesus, that you would leave the expanse of heaven to come down to earth and to sort of be limited by a human body, and you would do that for us. So God, would you help us to be willing to limit our freedom for the sake of other people, for the sake of bringing other people and helping them to see you. We might be able to do it and it might be okay, but if we're willing to not do it, it might help someone else. So God, would you help us to be willing to think of other people? Would you help us to honor you and all of our relationships online and in person? We ask for your help that you would please help us to do that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.